Hello everyone, this is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist, and I'd like to welcome you to episode 342 of the FCPA Compliance Report. The FCPA Compliance Report is sponsored by Advanced Compliance Solutions, your one-stop shop for all things compliance-related. I'm pleased to announce a new service offering, the Compliance Alliance, where I work with the company to help them craft a message around their product or services for the compliance space. You uh, have the opportunity for a one-month sponsorship of my monthly series of One Month to a Better Compliance Program. And then we develop the sales message for your sales team. For more information, contact Tom Fox at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. Today I have with me Melanie Johnson. Melanie has a fascinating story as she is one of the co-founders of Elite Online Publishing. It is a self-publishing uh, company which helps entrepreneurs, business leaders, and others create and build their own brand and their own business around self-publishing. She talks about her background in television and how she came to the self-publishing industry and her leadership thoughts and skills around this business venture. It is a fascinating interview. I think you will find it uh, very useful if you're considering doing any type of self-publishing. Uh, I know you will enjoy it. And also Melanie's own John, uh, Melanie's own journey, I think you will find very interesting and inspirational as well. The FCPA Compliance Report is part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, back for another edition of the FCPA Compliance Report. Today, we take it in a little bit different direction, but it's going to be a fascinating podcast, and I'm extraordinarily pleased to have with me Melanie Johnson. Melanie is one of the co-founders of Elite Online Publishing and Hot Chicks Write Hot Books. But most importantly, (laughs) she and I are fellow Michigan State alumni. So, Melanie, with that somewhat long-winded introduction, welcome, and thanks for taking the time to visit with me today. Hey, my pleasure, Tom, and it's so great to be with another Spartan. Yeah, so not too many of us here in Houston. Melanie, you have a really interesting background, and uh, I'm going to say it's generally in the communication space, but I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about your professional background and how you uh, ended up founding Elite Online Publishing. Sure. Well, even starting back in the Spartan days, I was a communications major and um, was the weather girl there and did some producing of television shows of sports uh Uh, things that went on there. So um, from there, then I went on and my first job in TV was at Channel 20 in Detroit. I was a newscaster there and then also did some development of children's programs and PSAs. And I did a little bit of everything. And um, then from there, my then husband and I started our own TV station, which was really unusual. It's still unusual. There's very few individuals that own a TV station, let alone start one from scratch. So that's what we did down here in Houston. It moved us down here to Texas. And uh, man, I just love Texas. It's, it's such a friendly place to be. If you have to move somewhere, there's a lot of friendly people down here in Houston. So um, yeah, so we started this TV station. It was KNWS. We did all news and um, we had about a hundred employees at the time. And um, it was, it was a great business at, at that time. TV was really at the forefront um, before the internet came in and diluted the market share and <clears throat> was the vice president of the company and did really everything, had a great background in um, the media. And we sold airtime. Obviously, that's how we made our money. 
But then we also um, bought time. So we bought uh, billboards, radio, magazine. Um, we did a lot of different advertising to promote the TV station as well as sell uh, TV airtime. So I really could see the response from all of it. And I remember my former husband at the time didn't really like to spend money on advertising because he, he could never tell if it was really going to be effective and how he could use it. And it's like it's there and then it's gone. So um, so during that time when we had the TV stations, uh, we built two really large homes, one in Houston, which was 25,000 square feet, and another one in uh, Michigan, where I was originally from, of 13,000 square feet, which was a summer home, pretty giant, giant houses. So as 2008 came around, a uh, divorce happened. Um, my husband hadn't been running the businesses really well, and um, the uh, economy took its toll on us. So <clears throat> shortly after we got divorced, he filed for bankruptcy. So what this meant was they, during the divorce proceedings, they had made everything to be sold and divided. So nothing was really divided separately at the time. Looking back, if anyone needs divorce advice, get everything divided before the divorce papers are signed. So because of that, everything was um, in bankruptcy. Half of it was. So I would tell people I'd hold up a mug and say, you know what? I can't even sell half of this mug or sell this mug because half of it's in bankruptcy. The other half belongs to me. So all my finances stopped. Everything I was being bought out of the TV stations, everything came to a screeching halt. And um, I had two young boys at the time that I was raising and pretty scared about what I was going to do. So <clears throat> as chance would have it, I decided with the summer home, someone had mentioned about renting it. So I decided to rent it. VRBO had just come out online. I really took the time to investigate online marketing and websites. I gave the house its own website and the realtors up there told me, you're never going to be able to rent this house. It's too big. You're going to ask too much money for it. Well, someone did rent it for one week, but I sold the whole summer out. I sold 12 weeks out that summer with that house. So then I came back and I tried to do the same thing with the Houston house. And I was very successful with that as well. And um, I was earning mid six figures renting both those houses and I was making a living while I was trying to muddle through this bankruptcy thing and get everything settled. So each house had its own website and I really looked at online marketing and educated myself at how to do that and SEO and um, really got a great background. And I was really fascinated with marketing and advertising, especially coming from the TV industry. And I felt that the TV industry was declining, but the internet was exceeding. And I think that's still to today, the Facebook just got, I think, a contract to uh, it was for one of the sports teams to air seven games, taking away that revenue from TV. So um, from there, um, the houses did finally get foreclosed on from the bankruptcy. So then I was out of a job again and out of my houses. Um, during that time, right before uh, the, the big house got closed on, I uh, started investing in some real estate and I really liked doing that. But then oil went down in Houston and um, real estate was just being frozen. You couldn't sell anything. No one was developing anything anymore. And as I like to continue to get education on what was going on in the marketplace and advertising and marketing, um, I would always go to different seminars. Well, there was one seminar that um, a lady was there that I liked and we always would talk and chat. And during the course of this time, I had a um, vacation home down in the Dominican Republic, a villa down there. And um, we had talked about that. She's like, I'm going to figure out a way to go down in that villa. So one time we just decided that we were going to do a book writing retreat down there. I had learned how to publish books and was publishing my own books. She was publishing books for other people. 
So after we had done the book writing retreat, we came home and no one knew I was publishing because I was really just doing it for myself. Um, it turned out that I had several people wanting me to publish their books. So we incorporated and did elite online publishing. Our book retreat was Hot Chicks Write Hot Books. And we still have a podcast by that name, but um, we just started publishing books for people and we were very successful. Um, all our authors so far have become number one bestsellers. We do a whole marketing campaign for them as uh, both my business partner, Jen Foster and I are both really savvy in marketing and know the ins and outs to make someone a best-selling author. And that's kind of how I got into publishing. Long story. Well, it's a long story, but it's a fascinating story. And what strikes me is really a couple of things. One is the the passion you've been able to bring to each one of the, the different jobs you've had. But also, uh, as I shared with you a little bit about my story, many times when one door closes, another door opens, and you just have to have the courage to walk through that door. And you certainly, uh, whether you had the courage or you felt like you had to walk through that door uh, because of your young sons, you certainly did that. And so I wanted to applaud you for that. And I also want that story to get out because I think it's important for people to understand that and uh, if they're facing one of those struggles themselves. So kudos. It's true. I mean, sometimes you think that uh, it's the darkest day and you're never going to see daylight again and um, it's gloom and doom. And I just, I tell my kids this too, you've got to just plow through it. You can't wallow in the problem. You got to start focusing on the solution and looking for those open doors. You know, there's that saying that when one door closes another one opens it's just those darn hallways in between and people sometimes get stuck in the hallway right and then the other thing is on your company elite online publishing i really appreciate what you focus on is the social media marketing aspect because mm -hmm. in the in my world of the the compliance space the compliance profession and the compliance professional we don't often think about our customer base which is uh, our employees and internal mm -hmm. employees to a corporation and the communication tools that are available to us on social media, even if it is uh, to our own employee base, but often it's to out outsiders as well. And I was wondering if you just might be able to describe some of your social media marketing efforts generally so that the compliance professional can maybe think about, you know, there are different ways for me to think about getting my message out and elite publishing. Really, that's what you do. You get the message out. Yeah, I think it's about positioning yourself in the marketplace, getting your message out and positioning you. So sometimes people are, are just putting uh, random stuff out in social media and they don't have a plan. They don't have an end game. What do you want your audience, your customer, your employees, what are you trying to accomplish? So for us, when we're, <clears throat> say, particularly if we're focusing on an author, um, we're wanting to rebrand them and position them in the marketplace as an author. But what makes uh, what happens when you become an author, especially for a nonfiction book, is you now become an expert, you become an authority on that subject because you've written a whole book on it. People perceive you entirely different. I mean, we've had people, it's like, oh my gosh, you're an author? I mean, their eyes get big, they get uh, like stand back, like almost you're, you're a celebrity now. It's a, it's a very different um, feeling than if you just, maybe you spoke a couple times, but when you have that book, it really means something else. So the great thing about having a book, too, is you have tons of social media content of your message that's real specific that you can take out of the book and use it for your social media. And, and we have another thing, if, you know, for compliance people or general business people, we have a philosophy. It's called, you know, uh, you everywhere. So we want to put you in everywhere that you can be seen, but reuse some of that information. I love this story about um, these guys who wrote a, a blog called The Minimalist. They took the blog and they curated the best blogs. They made it a book. 
And then the book became a movie. So you can take the same information and use it on different platforms because each platform has a different audience. Facebook, a lot of times, is a different audience than LinkedIn. So you need to use that message in a variety of places and be specific and really know what you want your outcome to be. There's so many times, you know, there's no call to action or you're, um, we try and tell people give great value. When they're in the get to know me stage, you want to give great value of uh, what you're an expert at. I think that's really helpful. So the um, I really like your your message of uh, the different platforms have different audiences. So you were really need to give a different message on on platforms, and you use the examples of LinkedIn and Facebook. But I would add <clears throat> Twitter as well to that because each one has a different audience, and each one really requires a message not only targeted for that audience, but also targeted to, through that platform. And uh, I don't think that. Um, that level of sophistication has really hit the compliance profession yet, yet, but it and, you know, it's really really an opportunity. Cool. Go ahead. I'm sorry. It gives you an opportunity to, as you said, uh, say perhaps uh, something uh, close to the same thing, multiple different ways. Mm-hmm. Right. And a lot of people don't, you know, if you're not into social media, some people might not even know your Facebook can link to your Twitter. So you don't have to post separately. You can just post on one or the other and it automatically goes. So if you post on your Facebook, you can connect it and it'll automatically post on your Twitter. So you miss this, you know, you don't have to do that step. It's about making it easier, right? Making life simpler. You know, that's a great message uh, as well. Uh, I wanted to ask you about um, your book writing retreats. And um, you've got a great uh, website that I'm gonna, uh, we're going to uh, link to on the show notes that I'll ask you a little bit about in a minute. But I was wondering if you could explain uh, what you try to accomplish on your writing retreats and how those have worked out. So what's really great about our retreats, I'm glad you asked that, is that um, when you get done, it's the best workcation you'll ever have. That's the first thing. We have so much fun down there. We stay at a private villa with a private pool. A chef comes and makes breakfast for us every morning. Um, We write at the beach. We write at the pool. Um, We jump off waterfalls. Um, So what gets accomplished there is you come with an idea of what you want your book to be about. And we actually get all the content done while you're there. And then we start your social media campaign while you're there. So when you're done, you've already got your book is complete. And then we start the social media campaign and you've had a great time while you're there. And we learn so much. Everyone learns a lot. And really, it's a bonding experience. We just have a super time. So we have lots of fun and you get a book. And uh, in that same site, you've got a great list of 12 reasons to write a book. And I wanted to read a couple of those because they really resonate to me. And actually, they resonate to who I think uh, my listeners in the corporate world should hear. So you've got two. And number six says, help someone and profit. And then 12 says, help someone and not profit to serve. Can you explain how a book can really... uh, work to help someone uh, for an author? Well, I love both of those things. So one is to profit and um, the one other one is to serve. So to profit, a book is like your best advertising tool you'll ever have. I mean, I've sold and bought all different kinds of advertising through the TV station. I've sold TV time. Um, I just think it's the best tool you can have. 
Number one reason is it lasts forever. Once you do it, it's there forever. Number two, Amazon advertises for you. Um, you put your bio on there. People from it find more about you from your bio on Amazon than they'll find out about you from LinkedIn. And it populates. So if someone were to search your name and you're an Amazon author, that's going to populate up on the first page of someone searching you. And they're going to all of a sudden be impressed. Oh my gosh, this guy has a book. And they're going to have your whole bio there. It's great free advertisement. The other thing is you're going to be able to use this book so many different ways. What we do is we teach our authors, our business authors, how to use that book specifically for their business to get higher fees, get more speaking gigs and higher rates for speaking gigs, how to use it as a business card, how to open doors to people that you can't get in past the gatekeeper. We have a lot of strategies for you to use that book over and over again. It really is the new business card. Then on the other uh, <clears throat> side of it, the to serve other people, we've had people that have just gone through things in life and they want to share that experience to help other people. We had a woman who went through a real horrendous divorce and there were so many things that she did wrong and she's really just not into it for the money. She just wants to um, help other people so they don't make the same mistakes that she does. And that's so fulfilling. And, you know, people who've gone through different health crisis, they have to walk that walk and they want to share their experience. I did a TEDx talk about leaving a legacy and you've got all the baby boomers are starting to die off over the next 25 years. We're going to lose so much wisdom and information from those people because they haven't recorded it. So I just, Tell people, please either video yourself, write it down, make an audio recording so you can save some of these special things that you know that you can pass on to other generations. And corporations are losing knowledge as well. All the stuff of these people retiring, they're not necessarily passing it on to the younger generation. And it's a really, it's a billion dollar loss of information. You know, I was going to ask you about one other point on there, which is share a message, but you also hit on another point, which now you've persuaded me is equally valid, which is share a story. And the, mm -hmm. the way I heard you describe it is the, the story can be equally as powerful as the specific message. Oh, yeah. And that's the way most people learn is by stories. And we tell our, our nonfiction authors, you need to have stories. So there's a, a formula that we teach. It's a 10 by three by three. So it's the 10 most frequently asked questions you get asked in your business all the time. And, um, and also the 10 questions that they should be asking you if they knew what you knew. But then with each of those answers, you know, you can just answer the question with the facts but if you illustrate it with two to three stories, then it really gets the point across. And they relate to you, even if it's not your story, it could be a story that you heard. Um, it makes people feel like you're relatable and it sinks in um, more so than if you just said the facts. I wanted to turn now on your LinkedIn profile. Uh, it looks like you've uh, given multiple uh, TEDx speak, uh, uh, speeches. Is, did I read that correctly? Well, I'd like to say that I did multiple, but I just did one. And one was good. Can, yeah. you, can you share with that experience with us? You know, that was, it is a really cool experience. Um, just getting the whole process together, you spend a lot of time putting that speech together and all the content and the research. Um, 
And it was really thrilling to be a part of the whole thing. And it was the first one that was done here in Houston. They hadn't had a text here, a TEDx here before. So it was the first one that they had had. And um, it's, again, it's something that lives for a long time. And of course, being a publisher, I wrote a book to go with my speech, right? You have to do that. So then we had the book ready to go at the TEDx. So all the people that were there got a copy of my book. That's great. Well, Melanie, unfortunately, we're near the end of our time, but I was wondering if anyone uh, wanted to follow up with you uh, about anything you've talked about, uh, how uh, could they do so? Sure. They can email me at uh, Melanie at EliteOnlinePublishing.com. That's Melanie at EliteOnlinePublishing.com. And check out our website at ElitePublishing.com. We'd be happy to have you look around and um we have a lot of uh, other, besides publishing, we create a bunch of our own books or publishing for other people. We've got a bunch of journals and um, story starters to help you start your story. So if you look up uh, Leaving a Legacy or um, uh, starting your Telling Your Accomplishment under Elite, you can find us on Amazon. We have about 700 different books there. So I've been visiting today with Melanie Johnson, the uh, co-founder of Elite Publishing Online. She just gave the website uh, for Elite Publishing Online and would urge everyone to check it out because it's got some fabulous resources. If you're thinking about publishing a book, you definitely need to check it out. But if you're trying to learn how different uh, different ways of communication and different techniques, I found it to be a great resource for someone like myself. So Melanie, thank you for taking time to visit with me and I look forward to continuing the conversation. Thanks, Tom. Appreciate it. This is Tom Fox again. I'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of the FCPA Compliance Report. If you've listened to this podcast on iTunes, I would greatly appreciate it if you would rate us as it would help in our rankings and also help get the word out on one of the top compliance podcasts around. Also, if you have any questions, please feel free to email me at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. The FCPA Compliance Report is part of the Compliance Podcast Network, and I hope you'll join us for another episode. Thank you for listening. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.